Welcome to the Chaos Plan, where the odds may not always be in your favor. Thank you for listening to this introduction of the Chaos Plan. We will be doing these regularly as part of the Homebrew Review Podcast. Uh, After we get a couple of these released, we will start just putting them in whenever we have a new person join in the group. And that could be anyone at any time. All it takes to join the game is to donate and be a part of our Patreon page. For $2 a month, you're guaranteed this style of game as well as larger groups of four to six people, depending on how many people are able to record at whatever time we say we are going to. This will be done mostly over our Discord channel, which is another perk of our Patreon page. If you join for just a dollar, not only will you have access to all of the audio files there, but you can also listen to us live. We will be recording, like I said, on Discord, so just mute your mic and listen in on the fun. We really hope to see you all here as this is something that we are very, very passionate about and want to keep going. This is a live style game and will be a ton of fun for anybody that wants to join. If you have friends and groups, all of you guys can donate and play as a group when you are able to. I will not be the only DM. I know you guys are probably getting tired of hearing me. So we will also have guest DMs running their own games in this in my world. So we hope to see you there. Thank you for joining us. This is going to be another awesome introduction of the Chaos Plan. This game, we will be featuring Brayden and his character. I will let him introduce him in just a moment. If you would like to join in on the Chaos Plan, we would love to have you. It's uh, part of our Patreon group. Uh, Simply pledge, join, and you will be guaranteed one of these intro missions and a guaranteed actual game with a group. And anytime you want to do a group and it works out with three other people, we can get together, do a game over Skype or in our uh, little studio here if you are close enough. So please visit our Patreon and join in. So with me, as I said, is Brayden all the way from Australia. He, of course, flew in as usual uh, to join us here in the studio. So I will let him talk about his amazing character. So I will let him go ahead and introduce Hello everybody, Braden here from Australia, um, first time on the Chaos Plan, so very excited to uh, begin playing and hopefully uh, get a solid game going with everyone else once their characters are introduced. Uh, I'll be playing Dandabin, who is a Ghostwise Halfling. Uh, he's a monk um, with a bit of a special uh, twist on the subclass. Uh, he is a very short, pale-skinned halfling man, about two foot nine. He is near completely bald, a bit of hair sort of tufted on the side of his head, uh, sides of his head, sorry. Uh, and he wears dark grey clothes. Uh, he has a number of strange odds and ends hanging and protruding from a very large backpack uh, that he wears on his back. And he carries a small walking stick with him that has a sling attached to the top. Uh, a bit of an overview of his little background here. Uh, he, as I said, he's fairly old, probably in human years, probably around... Uh, closing in mid 70s so he's yeah he's he's getting there in years but he is still fairly spry for his age and uh 
has just begun the adventuring life fairly late to start, but uh, better late than never. Um, <laughs> his wife was uh, a fairly adventurous person, whilst he was always the uh, more sheltered one living and working as a merchant in Niska for the majority of his life until his wife recently passed away. Uh, one of her last wishes was for him to actually go and enjoy himself because he'd spent a lot of his time stressed out with his business and working himself uh, over the top trying to provide for himself and his uh, wife. Um, yeah, so he's just now really coming into his own as um, an adventurer. He utilizes a uh, subclass that I made myself, uh, which has a lot of sort of item use as the focus. Um, at third level, I gain the ability to uh, use an no, use the use an object action as a bonus action. So Dandavin's going to be throwing bags of flour around, uh, spilling caltrops on the ground, doing all sorts of silly things, and getting up to some shenanigans. And uh, hopefully uh, making the life of his friends or people around him a bit more entertaining due to his uh, pranks and whatnot. Um, yeah, very excited to be here and see how this character goes. Hopefully I don't die in this session. That would be unfortunate, but uh, we'll see. No foreshadowing there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, have you roll for me real quick a D4. As you once had a business here, you've made some friends and some enemies, and depending on this role, it will depend. It will make a difference on who you have contact with and how that happened. All right, that is a one. A one. All right. Uh, you would have made contact at some point with uh, Calzafare Lithian, and I will type that into the. Uh, uh, chat for you rather than spell it out on here because it's an elf name so it'll take a while and uh, they are a half drow rogue and uh, they are a very major person of note so go ahead and roll me a d20 charisma check uh, to see how that interaction went alright with my plus zero and if uh, you have I like have if you have persuasion or anything like that to convince it or to, to help out you're welcome to use that I don't think it'll help with the natural one. Starting oh. off strong. Oh my goodness, yes. It is no wonder you are trying to get out of town because uh, Calzafare is uh, the guild master of the Shadows Guild, which is located within um, Niska, your former home. So yes, you would be definitely trying to get out of there in a hurry, having done something or heard that through the grapevine that Calzafare is trying to find you and coming after you. Um, you don't you don't know for what reason um, as rumors in Niska spread faster than anything else in this entire area so you're not sure exactly how how true they are but it's not worth risking uh, the ire of the guildmaster so uh, we went ahead and pre-rolled a little bit to kind of see what all crazy random things would be added in and through your rolls you gained an ally Nephis the apothecary uh, Nephis is a dungeon-born, which is kind of like a human version of the drow. They are humans that have adapted to living underground and within dungeons and uh, and the like through many, many generations. Nephis would be kind of a 
sadistic healer in a way. He is just as likely to cut you open as he is to stitch the wound closed at the end. So he would be traveling with you on your way out of here. I know using the map and a little bit of pre-talking, you said that you wanted to visit the Lost Settlements, try and sell off the rest of your uh, goods from your home, and possibly make some connections and some allies there, correct? Yeah, definitely. All right. And the only way to get through, get to the Lost Settlements is through the Darkness Hiding, which is kind of a labyrinthian, um, ever-changing maze. Uh, it is an area of chaotic magic uh, within the Shadowed Cleft, which is kind of an underground continent, island in my world. And it is almost a direct path into the Dark Bellows, which is my version of the Underdark. So this is kind of like a midway point. This would be like a kind of a mid-layer before you get to the truly deep areas of the world. So you would have left Niska very, very quickly loading up all your possessions that you could in your cart. And did you end up nading your your mount? And tell a little bit about that. Is the mount the giant lizard? Uh, Either the giant lizard or the steeder. Which would you prefer? I'd take the steeder for sure. Okay, yes. uh, name it Ladybug. Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> a is a very uh, positive and cute name, considering the place that I live and have grown up in. Exactly, and Steeders are kind of a mix between a giant spider and a uh, like an ant or something like that, like a, a insect, basically big enough to ride. Absolutely horrific looking, um, and I love that you named it Ladybug. That is fantastic. <laughs> Okay, so uh, you were able to get out of Niska, and of course there was a lot of to-do about it. Um, Everybody in Niska is fairly private, but every shutter on the block was open and watching you exit town as rumors were spreading that the Guildmaster was looking for you. And do you have any guild affiliations at this point? Uh, If there is some sort of merchant guild, I am uh, in league with uh, merchants. Okay, yeah, then you would definitely have um, made contact with the Merchant Guild leader. Uh, Let me look that name up real quick. There we go. Uh, You would have made uh, contact with Finn Copperhill at some point. He would be a uh, halfling. He's a leader of the Merchant's Guild. Typically, he is only in uh, Port City, but he does make the rounds, as any good merchant does, and, and contacts all the other guild halls. So you would have affiliations with the Merchant's Guild. And I will get you all those papers uh, here right after the show so you can get those benefits. But yeah, so as a member of the Merchant's Guild, you would have some protections, but the Shadows Guild is everywhere. And there is not a single organization, guild, uh, government, anything that doesn't have at least some sort of inside person from the Shadows Guild within it. So um, you and Nephis would have uh, gotten out of here. Uh, Him on his giant riding lizard and you on your steeder. And I'm assuming you have a cart, correct? Uh, I'd assume if it was a steeder. The steeder has a fairly large, uh, what would it be called, abdomen, I yeah. suppose. Yeah, uh, So I'd assume I'd just have like a net tossed across the back of that with all my stuff sort of bound to the net. Yes, and you do have a bag of holding, so you'd be able to ton- stuff a ton of stuff in there anyway. Okay, so you, uh, you on your steeder and uh, him on his uh, giant lizard... Uh, take off for the darkness hiding. I will go ahead and have you roll a d6 first to see how many days it is going to take you to get through this area. Two. 
two. Okay, it's a very quick trip. You know, uh, with the help of your compass, uh, which I'll have you explain in just a moment, with the uh, help of your compass, you are very easily able to kind of navigate some of the really winding passages uh, as it does help you with a lot of bene- uh, with a lot of beneficial magic. So go ahead and talk a little bit about that magic item. Uh, so my compass was passed down to me from my wife as she was in fact a guide uh, working in Niska and the surrounding areas. Um, the compass itself is magical and allows me to always know the direction of true, no- true north. Uh, I can cast a number of spells from it. Uh, which will affect uh, up to four people that are touching it, or my cart, or the or ladybug, for instance. I can uh, use water breathing, dark vision, endure elements, uh, spider climb, which I believe ladybug would already have. Correct. But, um, so we could go underneath the water, uh, travel anywhere we need to uh, sort of sell our items that we are currently trying to get rid of. As well, I have an active effect with the item that is called Heart's Desire. I can focus on something that I want to find, and it will point to that location instead of pointing to True North. So that's super handy if I just think of where we want to go to in the darkness hiding and beyond. Um, I will be able to fairly well just navigate via the compass, which would explain why we got through this uh, in only two days. And as well, I have a ability with it that I can tie the sort of original home location of it to one area. And with that, I can, uh, the compass can teleport to the, can the compass teleport to the location? Uh, you would use the compass to teleport. So it would be uh, oh, wow. just yourself would zip, to, uh, you and the compass would teleport to that location. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah, cool. kind of like a hearthstone, but once you use it, you can't use it for another week. Okay. Awesome. So this is a very, very useful magic item, especially for a merchant trying to find his way around and travel various places, and in an attempt to get away from Calzafare. I believe that's his name, right, Bob? Yes, Calzafare. Yeah. So after that, quick escape from Niska. You're going through the darkness hiding. And uh, there will be two encounters per day as you go through this, basically. So go ahead and roll me a d20, and uh, let's see what encounter you hit first. Uh, 17. 17. All right. The first place that you hit, as you are walking along with Nephis, you guys are just kind of just quietly carrying on conversation. Nothing too crazy. And the air starts getting uncomfortably warm and humid. And you're kind of on edge looking around because you know that, you know, anything from a small volcanic type eruption where lava would break through the crust to uh, vents of hot steam to elementals to crazy mad wizards shooting off spells, any number of things could happen. And as you're walking along, I need um, both you and Nephis. Uh, I'll roll for Nephis, obviously. Um, but I need you to make a dexterity saving throw very quickly as a hot steam vent erupts beneath you. That is a 21 on my part. Oh, wow, yeah. You see it, and you pull on Ladybug's reins and whip out of the way uh, in a heartbeat. However, Nephis wasn't quite quick enough, and he ended up taking 
three points of uh, fire damage as that hot steam uh, erupted and kind of singed one of his arms as he uh, tried to dive out of the way. Um, He kind of shakes his Uh, arm. What's that? Dandabin would let out like a little yelp as he is relatively... uh, He's not a coward as he has against saving throws against being frightened, but he uh, would let out a little yelp and sort of recoil a little. Exactly, yeah. No, uh, for sure. And since you did yell out, yell out a little bit of a yelp, I'm assuming you would have been moving silently up until this point, pretty stealthily. Uh, doing our best to, yeah. Okay, so with that yelp, go ahead and roll me a stealth check with disadvantage. Okay. That is going to be ten. Ten, okay. And Nephis didn't do much better with a six. Uh, so as you guys are kind of recovering from that, you realize that you yelped and the echoes you know, shake, or the echoes carry down the tunnels just a little bit. Um, I'm assuming you're going to kind of duck down a little bit and get out of the way and see if anything's coming? Yeah, I'll make my way over behind, like, a rock formation or anywhere that we can really hide Ladybug and the giant lizard. Okay, uh, yeah, you're able to find an outcropping, uh, kind of a uh, an inverse slope, or an inverse uh, cliff where it kind of cuts in, and you're able to get clear back underneath there. Go ahead and roll me a d20. Okay. 11. 11. Uh, you hear the shifting of small rocks and pebbles as this uh, giant octopus. Uh, <laughs> believe it or not, I kid you not. Giant octopus um, kind of crawls across the top of this uh, slope right above you where you're hiding underneath this cliff. Go ahead and give me a uh, stealth check. This one can be made just regularly, unless you have an ability that gives you advantage. Is that a rocktopus? It is a rocktopus, yes. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, that was a 19. A 19. Now, uh, that is fantastic. And uh, Nephis actually doesn't do too bad either with a 16, so let me see what the rocktopus gets. They are not known for their perception as I rolled a 5. So this rocktopus, you see this tentacle, or, yeah, you this tentacle kind of hang down over almost that scene from Lord of the Rings with the halflings underneath there. You see this tentacle just kind of lean forward and you hold your breath and it slowly lifts it back up and escapes. Do you give it a little bit of time to get out of there before you continue on your way? I say to uh, Nephis, I'm like, what what was that? Uh, Let me see if Nephis even knows. (laughs) Uh, Nephis goes, I have no idea what that was. But it was terrifying. He rolled a six. <laughs> let's let's get out of here. Come on. All right. You wait 10, 15 minutes until everything goes silent again, and you continue on your way. Uh, even though there isn't a, a true night and day, there is kind of this rhythm to the world. Uh, would you sleep um, kind of during that whole night period, or would you continue on? Uh, being so old, I think I'd fairly well be half falling asleep most of the time, so I'd take a chance to have a nap any time of the day. Exactly. You, you don't you don't have an outlet here in the wilderness to plug in the coffee pot. Uh, so, alright, you uh, go ahead and go to sleep. Are you going to set any kind of watch while you do so? Hmm. Yeah, I, I'd, uh, oh, I don't know. I, I would, um, hmm. Do I, am I at a point or location where I believe that the surrounding area is uh, not so dangerous? Like, have I... Yeah, roll me a survival check. Okay. Oh, that's not too bad. Uh, 14. 
14, you're relatively sure that you'll be safe here. Um, you kind of find another small, uh, almost crevice, uh, a crack in the uh, earth, not quite a cave, but you're pretty sure you can get in there with your um, steeder and whatnot, let it hunt for a little bit. And uh, there's only one way out, and it's a fairly large open field. So you're pretty sure you should be um, safe enough here. If nothing else, you'll have a little bit of advanced warning as you are on the high ground uh, before somebody gets to you. I'm going to take off my jacket and pull a glass bottle from my bag, uh, sort of putting the bottle within the jacket, and I'll step on the glass bottle, sort of shattering it. Mm -hmm. I will then uh, sort of spread the glass shards across the ground around our camp to hopefully create a bit more sound should anything actually be passing into our campsite. That is fantastic. All right, I like that idea. Okay, uh, then go ahead and a ton of rolls for this one. But roll me just a 100% luck check as the night goes on. Uh, D100 or D20? Uh, just a D20. Okay. Luck check. Ooh, eight. Eight. All right, something does happen during the night, but let's see if it will actually affect you or not. The Roctopus is back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, you hear in the background, doo-doo, doo-doo-doo. <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay, this one actually would not affect you, so you're totally fine. Um, it would be a sinkhole, would appear, but um, that would be kind of out in the landscape. So you're... Uh, no, excuse me, you rolled a 12, you said? An 8. An 8. Oh. Oh, I rolled a 12 to see what happened. Uh, okay. So, uh, yeah, no, this one would not affect you. So you're totally fine. Um, morning comes... Oh, well, what passes for morning... Um, your steeder is fed, the giant lizard is fed, and you are both ready to set out again. Go ahead and uh, roll me another d20 to see what happens. A 16. A 16. All right. Uh, you are passing through kind of a small cavern, and um, you encounter what looks like... Roll, um, let me roll. You encounter this, this kind of green, mossy-looking substance that pretty much covers the entire floor of this uh, cavern. Uh, if you want, you can make me a nature check to tell what it is. I will certainly try. A 15. 15. All right, that is enough. You know that this would be a patch of green slime. Oh. I will uh, sort of look towards it. What do I know of green slime? What you would know about uh, green slime, it is extremely acidic, and uh, so anything that gets anywhere near it, it will kind of slowly move and uh, envelop whatever it is. So if you get too close to it, it will kind of ooze out a little bit towards you and dissolve whatever is in it. It's not quite an ooze, it's more of an environmental thing, but... Think of it kind of like a, a Venus flytrap. It's a plant, but it doesn't really move a whole lot, but it does still, you know, devour. Would I be able to sort of collect some in a vial? Yeah, go ahead and give me a dexterity saving throw um, to get out of the way, and then um, uh, let's just see what your saving throw is, and then we'll see what happens. Oh, a seven. A seven, okay. As you reach in with your vial and a dagger to kind of cut off a little bit and scrape it, it uh, reaches out towards you, and you end up taking four points of acid damage. And then lets out another yelp. Ah! Okay. 
Uh, would you try again to get a little bit? Uh, that wasn't quite high enough to kill, to collect any. Uh, no, I just shake. I'm shaking my hand, just like blowing on it for some reason. Since the burn, it's burning uh, acidic, um, and I just like move back over to Nephis and sort of uh, yeah, just like look towards him, look towards the slime, and just let out a big huff. Okay. Uh, Nephis knows just enough about it. Uh, he rolled a 15 on his nature check. Um, so he would know just enough about it to be able to tell that uh, if you were to um, get, like, some sort of sunlight down here or um, do something that does, like, cold or fire or light, you know, something like that, it would destroy this patch of green slime. Um, otherwise, it'll probably take you an additional half a day to kind of circle around um, to get to a different area. All right. I say, uh, I've got just the thing. And I pull out my uh, flask of oil. I'll just toss it over top of the green slime, or a little area of green slime. Mm-hmm. And I'll use my tinderbox to begin trying to sort of light my torch. And then after I've lit my torch, I'll uh, light the oil. All right, yeah, you like the oil, and with a very noxious, disgusting smell, this slime slowly burns away until this cavern is clear and you can get to the tunnel on the other side. That light, though, does attract a little bit of attention. Okay, um, let's see here. You see, um, as it burns, uh, the cavern right on the other side, it, it granted just enough light that you saw a tall, six-foot, slender figure in a black cloak duck away real quick around that corner um, in the tunnel up ahead. I say, uh... Did, did, did you see that, Nephis? Um... <laughs> uh, that was a four. He didn't see anything. He's uh, like, no, the, the fire it was so bright, it, it my eyes... You're right, maybe it was my mind. Okay, uh, continue on to the other side. Yeah. All right. Would you be going stealthily, or since you thought you saw something, would you kind of, you know, have a we- weapon at the ready, or what would you be doing? Uh, I'd have my walking stick next to me, but I'll just jump on the back of Ladybug and kind of walk forward slowly, not necessarily stealthy, but kind of like someone peeking around a doorway looking to see if there's, you know, after they've heard like a scary noise. Okay. And the drow did not roll high enough to be able to see you, so go ahead and roll initiative. You both cut, you come around the corner just as this drow sees you, and so you both are kind of like, oh god, there's somebody there, and we roll initiative. <laughs> a 15. 15, all right. And the drow rolled a 14 plus 2 for 16, so the drow will act first. So since the drow are just naturally, oh, and uh, Nephis. And uh, Nephis got a 16 as well, but the drow is faster. So um, the so the drow being, you know, just really sneaky, kind of always alert uh, people anyway, uh, already had his dagger out and goes ahead, or short sword out, and goes ahead and makes a stab for you. Uh-huh. Uh, that is a 12 to hit. Uh, that will miss. That will miss, yes. Uh, you were just crafty enough, and their eyes are still not quite adjusted to the darkness again after that fire, that uh, their stab kind of goes right underneath where uh, one of your arms would have been reaching out, and uh, you jerk back quickly and are able to get out of the way. Uh, then it is Nephesis' turn. 
Uh, Nephis is going to go ahead, and he would not have had a weapon ready, so he pulls out his longbow, or his uh, his light uh, crossbow, and uh, takes a shot with that. Uh, that was a natural one, so his eyes are totally blind to this, and it ricochets off one of the walls. <laughs> it is now your turn. I'm not even sure if I have dark vision. What's your race again? The halfling. I don't have dark vision. <laughs> Uh, you do have your compass. You could use it through your spell. Uh, yeah. Yes, yes. Okay, so for my action then, holding on to my compass, I will definitely cast Dark Vision on myself. Okay, I'm assuming you would have it up anyway, unless you were... were you, would you have been traveling with a torch this whole time? Uh, I'd say no. Okay, then you would have already had the Dark Vision up. Okay, no problem. I will, I'm trying to work out a voice for Dandabin, because I've been kind of like going back and forth between a few. I will, uh... <laughs> Dandavan's not used to really fighting people, so uh, he will just grab into his bag and pull out a pair of manacles. I jump down off my steeder, uh, rush towards it, rush towards the drow, um, saying, uh, "Man, I don't even know what Dandavan would say. He'd just be like, running up to him." <laughs> <laughs> oh um, god, that's great. And he has his manacles. I will use my bonus action then, as I have the uh, up to mischief ability from my subclass to use an action, and I will attach one of the ends of the manacles to one of his ankles. Okay, awesome. And is that any kind of a save? Uh, no. It just sort of works. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so then uh, he is partially restrained, or what would the effect of that be? Uh, nothing just yet. Okay. Uh, not, not until I use another act, or bonus action or action to put the manacles on the other <laughs> leg. Whatnot. I see a Three Stooges comedy starting to happen here. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, he would go ahead then and... Um, just to make sure that he can hit you guys next time, he casts Fairy Fire on both of you. I need a Dexterity saving throw. Okay. That is going to be a 18. 18. You save. Nephis, however, does not. And he begins to glow slightly uh, with the kind of that Fairy Fire. Uh, we then move on to Nephis, um, who, seeing that he is now lit up, is going to go ahead and... Uh, uh, he's already got his uh, crossbow out. However, he's going to use one of his points to apply uh, poison to three pieces of ammo, and that is his action. So then we move on to you. <laughs> My eyes open wide as he begins doing this. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. We don't, we don't need to kill each other here, do we? <laughs> and then I'll uh, take the other end of the manacle as my bonus action and uh, put it on the other ankle. Okay. Um, then I'll kind of step back a few paces and just run and try and uh, shove him over. Okay, and what was the save on the manacle? Uh, the manacles, uh, these metal, yeah, these metal restraints can bind a small or medium creature. It doesn't have a save for the manacles actually being applied. Okay. But once the creature is in them, then they can use a. Uh, strength check or dexterity check to break free. Gotcha. I didn't know if there was one to put him on, but okay, yeah, no. And then you're going to try and shove him? Yes. Okay. With my negative one. Ooh, not very good. Uh, that uh, was a... T- oh, go ahead. A five. Okay, and he only rolled a 12, or he rolled a 12, so... 
my very slight halfling form just simply cannot uh, <laughs> push this large drow over. Exactly, and he's close enough to the wall. Yeah, and he's close enough to the wall. He just kind of puts one of his hands out to to regain his balance a little bit. All right, we then. Can I use the? If I have any movement, I'll just run away. Okay. Yeah, you'll take one opportunity attack. Oh, that one will hit with a twenty. Not Nat, though. Nope. Uh, so you will take five points of piercing damage from that. Ah! <laughs> All right. Uh, we then move back on to the drow. Uh, the drow. It's an action to break free. Uh, let me read this. Breaking them requires a successful strength check. So it doesn't say it requires an action, but, um, yeah, I guess that's up to your... I'll say it takes an action. I I can see how it would. Um, so he, uh, immediately brings both of his, uh, fists to either side of his, uh, torso, and then he steps out as much as he can and starts doing the Dragon Ball Z scream as he tries to break loose from these. Ah. Oh, and that was a 17 plus zero. Oh, yes, he breaks free. He snaps them as his white hair begins to stand up just a little bit, and uh, that is his action. Uh, he is then going to spend his movement to uh, get back up. Uh, I guess Nephis would probably be in front now, so he uh, closes on Nephis. Uh, Nephis is going to go ahead then and uh, shoot his crossbow. It it will be at disadvantage because it's within five feet. That'll still hit, though. I rolled a 17 and a 19, uh, and he has a plus four. So that will hit, dealing four points of piercing damage, and then the drow has to make a constitution save, which it passes, so he takes no additional. So uh, the drow is now uh, almost too bloodied. It looked oh no, never mind. Uh, that was the first hit. So the drow is still not doing too shabby. Okay. All right, on to you, Danderbin. Okay. Uh, can I use my bonus action to open a hunting? Or pull, I'll use some of my movement to grab a hunting trap from my bag. Okay. Uh, can I use my bonus action use an object to lock the hunting trap in place? Yeah, not a problem. And then I will run directly at the drow and attempt to put it on his butt. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, give me a basic melee attack roll, I guess. Okay. Oh, no. A four plus dex or strength? Either. I'd say it's kind of, it's very, well, I don't know. Does it say, is it a saving throw for them to dodge it or is it an attack roll? Uh, hunting trap, I believe, is a saving throw. I believe so too. Yeah, let's check just to be sure. Uh, dexterity saving throw. Okay, I'll make a dex save then. Oh my god, I rolled a natural one. Oh yes. <laughs> it gets a. It gets both cheeks, not just one, but both cheeks are firmly caught in this hunting trap. <laughs> Excellent. He yips with pain in that very. Uh, Looney Tune style where they jump straight up in the air about 12 feet before descending. Uh, he, he will take uh, three points of piercing damage. Alright. Uh, it's not currently locked to the ground, so he doesn't have any movement restraints. He just has a hunting trap on his butt. <laughs> okay. Uh, and every, every time he tries, he can use his action to attempt to uh, take the hunting trap off with a DC 13 strength check. 
And if he fails, he takes an additional one piercing damage, sir. Okay. Well, he is going to go ahead and make an attempt. (laughs) Oh, my God. I rolled a 12. One point short. (laughs) He takes another point of damage. Yay. And with that, he decides to run away. He is below bloodied. So uh, Nephis is going to go ahead and take an attack of opportunity. Uh, Once again, disadvantage because within five feet. Yep. That will not hit, so the bolt goes wide as he takes off. Oh, you would have been within five, or did you toss the trap at him? No, I would have run up and placed it on his butt. All right, if you want to make an attack of opportunity against him, you may. Yeah, sure. I'll just try and whip at him with the club. Maybe maybe I'll, like, hit the back of the trap <laughs> with my uh, club just to sort of sink it in a bit further. Oh, that's uh, that would be <laughs> a 19 to hit. Yes, that will very much hit. Roll the damage. Uh, six points of damage. <laughs> As you do that, the pain was just too much, and he falls to the ground unconscious. <laughs> uh, <laughs> can I quickly just go up to his body and say to Nephis, um, should we uh, help him out a little bit? Uh, Nephis right now would be laughing too much to really make any kind of uh, uh, committed, committal uh, uh, suggestion there. So he, he is just laughing his ass off, for lack of a better term at this point. Okay. I am going to... Can I attempt to stabilize the drought? Yeah, yeah, not a problem. Uh, do you have proficiency in medicine? I don't, but I have okay. a, nah, If I don't. not, Nephis does. Nephis would stabilize him if you asked him to. And uh, then he can help you try and get your hunting trap back if you would like. Yes, that would be great. All right, uh, DC 13 check. Yes. Okay, Nephis got a 8, and then go ahead and whatever you would roll. Oh, a 17. Yep, between the two of you, mostly you, uh, you're more than easily able to get that hunting trap back as this drow lies unconscious. Uh, Would you try to tie him up or do anything like that? No, I'd just pull him off to the side so he's not in direct traffic of the area, maybe, like, a bit hidden, so he's <laughs> going to be eaten straight away. Okay. Uh, would you loot his uh, corpse, or not corpse, but would you loot the body at all? Uh, no, I would not. Okay. We go ahead, and then we would continue on. So that drow, after being moved off to the side and, and humiliated greatly, um, <laughs> you guys continue on. You are about three-quarters of the way there, so go ahead and roll me one last d20 to see what happens. Okay. Uh, 15. 15. Uh, would you uh, guys have taken a short rest or anything like that before this? Uh, maybe after sort of hiding the drow's body off to the side of it, we could sit down and just take a little break. Okay, then go ahead and do whatever you want to do for the short rest, and I will have you roll me a d6 after that. Actually, no, I'll go ahead and roll it, um, just in case. I heal back eight hit points. All right. You guys, as you are getting, um, kind of towards the lost settlements, uh, you're within, you know, a couple hours of it. Uh, you start hearing, uh, what kind of languages do you speak? I speak... Common, halfling, and undercommon. All right. You hear a weird mix of undercommon and something you don't quite understand, and neither does Nephis. And it's kind of a guttural-type speak. And up ahead, you get kind of the sense that some altercation 
is taking place. Is there's a lot of noise, a lot of banging around, um, everything else like that. And I'm assuming you're going to kind of peek around the tunnel corner to see what's going on? Yeah, definitely. All right, give me a perception check. Okay. Oh, not very good. A six. A six. Uh, as you kind of peek around the corner, you see something short and green, two something shorts and green, um, running, boom, right across a tea passage in front of you. Oh. Uh, they continue on not noticing you, but um, you see sim- something run by very quickly. Short and green, about your same height, um, smells like ass, uh, but <laughs> uh, short and green. Uh, I will uh, use my telepathy to talk to Nephis and say, um, did, did you see what that was? Let me see if he saw. Oh, yeah, Nephis has got this in the bag. Uh, he rolled a 16 plus uh, 1, so 17. Uh, he saw what he thought were two goblins dart across. And you're hearing three or four voices, um, but you saw two goblins rush past. Hmm. I will, and the only way forward, uh, according to my compass, is in the path or near to where these goblins have been. Correct. Without several days of diversion, uh, this would be the shortest path. And you're pretty sure, given its location, uh, and uh, I don't know if your wife kept a journal or told stories or anything... Uh, you would know that this would be kind of an area that is frequently uh, uh, plagued by bandits and cutthroats and that kind of a thing because it is kind of the last passage to go through before you hit the lost settlements. Okay. Uh, I'll just say uh, let's just jump on the back of our lizard and ladybug and look as threatening as possible before we make our way through here. All right. Mephis is going to go ahead and uh, uh, poison up three pieces of his ammunition, just in case. But uh, he will follow your lead and look as imposing as possible. Okay, I will uh, open a bag of flour. Okay, getting some cake making ready here. Yeah, alright, and continue ahead. Alright, you continue ahead, and after about three or four minutes... Uh, the goblin, uh, which you can kind of recognize the language is goblin now, it gets louder and louder until you come to this small chamber. And you know that this is kind of the last stopping point, the last chamber before you go straight into the Lost Settlements. You would see a larger goblin with all sorts of trophies of small lizard skulls and bats and skulls and like all sorts of these kind of things on jewelry around him uh, wielding a larger club, a nicer club, probably stolen off of a human bandit or something like that along with uh, three other little goblins all with small little shivs for lack of a better term uh, What they look like they're tearing apart bags and pouches that they probably stole off of some uh, unsuspecting traveler I will uh, mm. and there's no way to make it past them obviously they'll probably see us now considering how large the mounts are but is there no way to make it around them without pretty well going within, you know, 30 feet of them? Yeah, there would not be. Uh, this chamber is small enough. It's only about 40 feet across, and uh, they seem to have set up kind of a small camp here. They've got a, a small campfire. Um, they've got kind of almost ramshackle tent-looking huts uh, set up as well. So this is probably where they're they're stationed, raiding any travelers that go to the Lost Settlement. Right. Well, we are, uh, I just tele- telepo- uh, telepathically uh, talk to Nephis and say, um, 
Just ready, ready your crossbow in case they come too close to threaten them. All right, yeah, he definitely gets it ready to go, and uh, we can go ahead and roll whenever you want, and we'll all let uh, you and him both get a surprise right. Oh. All right, uh, he didn't do great. He got a whole three for initiative. I got a 22. Oh, wow. And the goblins rolled a 13 plus two. All right, so it'll go Danderbin, the goblins, and then Nephis. Uh, but we get a surprise round, of course. So uh, whatever you would like to do, uh, the cavern is 40 foot across. So I'll say the entrance of this tunnel is about 20 feet to the center where they are all standing. Okay. Uh, I will sort of walk. I have a 35 feet walking speed, so I'll walk probably 10 feet forward okay. and drop some oil down on the ground. All and right. then I will uh, sort of move back to my speeder and ready some flour in case one of them falls over in the oil. Okay, uh, do you want to go ahead and roll a stealth check to try and do that unnoticed, or what would you like uh, to yeah. do? Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, 19. Oh, yeah. That is more than enough. Uh, let's see. One, two, three, four. Yeah, none of them. The highest roll I made was an 11. So none of them noticed you. With that negative one to wisdom, it doesn't help. Alright, uh, then Nephis is going to go ahead and make his attack and try and kite them over to uh, to you guys. So he goes ahead and makes a shot, has advantage because it is um, surprise, and that hits uh, with a 16. So he hits one of the little goblins, dealing six points of piercing damage, and then the goblin failed the constitution save and takes an additional... One point of poison damage, and he had exactly seven health, so that drops one of the little goblins outright. So the other two goblins look up, as does the goblin boss, and they all turn to attack. So we will start with Danderbin. They are still uh, 25 feet away, or 20 feet or so. I'm just going to sort of put the flower down to the side and get my sling so I have one of those, what are the little halfling sling sticks called? Oh, hoopax! Uh, hoopa. I have a hoopa. I'm going to put a small rock in the hoopa and just sort of flick it over towards uh, one of the smaller ones. Uh, it's going to be a 16 to hit. Yes, that definitely hits. Okay, he takes, oh wow, max damage, 7 points of bludgeoning damage. <laughs> and you David and Goliath him square in the forehead and this next goblin falls to the ground. <laughs> Alright, on to the goblins. They charge forward. Uh, dexterity save to not slip in the oil? I believe so, yes. Alright. Both of them, uh, the goblin boss rolled a 16 plus 2 and the little goblin rolled a 15 plus 2. Alright, they are fine. Alright, they kind of slip and slide a little bit, but they, they ride it out and kind of real cool, you know, just kind of slide over it and uh, charge and attack. So, the first one is going to make a scimitar attack against you, Danderman. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a 15 to hit. Uh, that hits. Alright, you, you will take 7 points of slashing damage. Oh. And then the goblin boss is going to make two attacks with his scimitar. Uh, Second attack, though, has disadvantage. So the first one... Let's see. First one hits Nephis. And the second one 
misses. So the first one will hit, and Nephis takes, oh, Max takes eight points of slashing damage and lets out a little squeak as uh, he gets hit with that. All right, and then on to Nephis. Uh, Nephis is going to go ahead and uh, drop his crossbow and heal himself with temporary HP with a painkiller potion. So he will restore himself four point or give himself four temporary hit points. Nice. All right, uh, back on to you, Danderbin. All right. I just looked up oil and I, I don't believe it actually makes them slip. Uh, so I'd say that. Knowing that, I probably would have put down a bag of caltrops instead. Oh, not caltrops, sorry. Um, ball bearings, which would have the effect that I'd desire. Okay. Uh, and then what would so, the saving throw have been for that? Uh, it'd just be the same, so they managed to slide over top of it. Okay, gotcha. Cool. Uh, I will use my action to uh, jump down and run over towards... Uh, hmm, I'll run over towards the boss... I will try to hit him in the face with my club. All right, and he would just be, like, right next to you. Um, by the way, because I'm assuming you and Nephis would have been kind of standing real close. Yeah. Yeah, so he, he wouldn't get an attack of opportunity. He would just kind of be flanked on the corner there. Okay, it's only a 10 to hit. No, not quite enough. The goblin boss managed to uh, raid off of some unsuspecting person a chain shirt. So you do uh, make contact, but it is caught up in the rings of that chain and uh, does not do damage. Oh, no. Uh, I will then take my bag of flour and just sort of toss it in the air and then hopefully creating enough of a distraction to run behind my cedar. Okay, disengaging then? Uh, not disengaging. I will oh, just, just, ru- just run after I've thrown flour in the air. <laughs> gotcha. I'll go ahead and make two opportunity attacks with disadvantage because you threw the flour kind of up in the air. First will not hit with a three. Second will not hit with a six. All Yay. right. <laughs> All right. I run behind my theater and just sort of like look back towards them. All right. Uh, then back on to the goblins. Uh, the two goblins then, uh, the one little goblin that was attacking you is going to go ahead and try and run around and get to you. So he will go ahead and take one opportunity attack from Nephis as he does. Uh, that will definitely hit, dealing four points of piercing damage and then constitution save, which the goblin passes. So the goblin is bloodied at this point, but still standing. And then the goblin boss is going to swing again at Nephis. First one has normal, which hits, and the second one has disadvantage. Oh, saved him from a crit, but uh, still hits. Oh. So Nephis is going to take... Oh, that ain't bad. Uh, Roll a one and a two. So that is uh, three and four points of damage, and he had four temp HP, so he's only down the three hit points then. Oh, wow. All right, then on to Nephis. Uh, Nephis is going to go ahead and uh, shout a warning towards you and that a goblin is coming around to get you kind of a thing. And he is going to actually toss a bomb your direction. So oh, he <laughs> tosses it, uh, hits the target, and the goblin needs to make a dexterity saving throw. He would toss it so that it doesn't hit you or the steeder. He would kind of throw it behind. <laughs> Goblin unfortunately passed, so it kind of ricochets down the tunnel uh, before exploding, rather than exploding on the goblin. 
My eyes go wide. I've never seen such violence in my life. <laughs> he cackles a little bit as he gets out some aloe vera out of his other pouch to treat burn wounds after he ends up ba- uh, baking these creatures. <laughs> uh, and then back to you, Danderbin. Okay, I will run forward and wallop the small goblin in front of me. All right. Uh, that's going to be a 22 to hit. Very much so. That's four points of bludgeoning damage. You club him right underneath the jaw. He goes flying and lands completely unconscious on the ground. Now it is just you and the goblin boss. Uh, Any other things you would like to do? Yeah, I'll run up to the goblin boss if I can. Um, Spend a key point to use flurry of blows and kick him in the shins twice. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, First one, the ten, which misses the shoe, and on eight. Yes, both miss. Uh, His chain shirt is really long. And so you go to kick it, you know, you get kind of caught up in it and tangled a little bit, and you're not able to really make contact. Mm. All right, uh, we then move back on to the goblin boss. The goblin boss is going to swing wildly at both of you. Uh, So the first attack against Nephis is normal, which hits with a 17 plus 4. The second one at disadvantage, he kind of continues the swing around towards you. Uh, That one is only a 13, so I'm assuming that does not hit. That misses. All right. So Nephis is going to go ahead and take seven points of damage. He's not looking great and kind of looks at you and kind of gives you that signal that he's going to back off next turn. I Uh, get a little nod sheepishly, like... All right. He uses his uh, action to disengage and backs off, but uh, well, I guess he's still got one poison bolt left, so he's not going to do anything as a bonus action since he still has that. So then we move on to you, Danderman. Alright, I will uh, use my bonus, or use part of my movement to get my bear trap out once more, using my bonus action to set it, and I'm going to put it right on his crotch at the front. Oh, God! (laughs) So, uh, dexterity saving throw. That was a 9 plus 2 for 11. He fails. Oh, God, this is making me hurt listening to it. (laughs) He takes one point of piercing death. One point, but it hurts a whole lot more than that. It may not not do that much damage, but it certainly feels like a nat 20 crit. Yep, definitely. (laughs) All right, on to the goblin boss. He lets out a shriek and tries to pull it off. (laughs) That was another 12. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> One uh, point of damage. He takes another point of damage, and that was his action. Uh, so that is everything he can do then. Uh, actually, he is going to, as a bonus action, disengage and take off, putting some distance between you guys. Uh, so he backs up uh, movement speed of, let's see here, 30 feet. So he's going to back up like 20 feet to get back into the middle, kind of where his throne is, and kind of hide behind that throne a little bit. Uh, Back on to uh, Nephis. Uh, Let's see. Nephis is going to go ahead and take a shot at the goblin. Uh, The goblin boss does have half cover for hiding. Uh, That will not hit. So uh, Bolt ricochets off of his makeshift throne. On to Danderbin. When he was running away, he had his legs, like, placed really far out wide and was taking, like, really wide steps. Oh, yeah. He He was doing the frog waddle. The frog walk the whole time. Uh, uh, I will run directly up onto his throne, throne, sorry, and look over the top 
uh, down towards him. Uh, can I use some of my movement to pour a... F- oh, get a flask of oil out and pour it over his head? Yes, go for it. Okay, so that'll be my action. I'll use the use an object action to do that. Okay. And then, and then for my... Oh, I don't have any flour left. Damn. Flour <laughs> <I'll> him. <laughs> uh, what do I have that would stick to him? Hmm. I have a a tinder box, which I'm assuming has like little bits of kindling and tinder and things in it. And I'll actually let you. Uh, there would have been a campfire in the middle there, so I would have let you grab a piece of burning stick if you wanted out of the campfire. Oh, I definitely, I definitely don't want to set him on fire. Oh, okay. I just want to make him look ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> uh, so after pouring the oil on him, I will just sort of open up the tinderbox and sort of dump the contents out on top of him uh, to sort of stick it to him. Alright, he's got a piece of flint stuck to him and some tinder, so some little dried bits of uh, kind of a woody, stockier mushroom kind of all over him. Uh, for sure, kind of stuck all over his face. <laughs> Alright. Uh, we then move on to the goblin boss. The goblin boss is going to kind of... Ah! and try and remove the trap a second time. <laughs> this time he makes it with a 15, so he pulls it off, throws it to the side, and, uh, let's see, after taking that much damage, he's actually going to get the hell, well, yeah, he's going to get the hell out of there. So he uh, disengages as a bonus action and takes off, kind of past, going the long way around, past um, uh, Nephis as he makes for that back tunnel. Nephis kind of looks at you to see whether or not he should make an opportunity attack. I'm just sort of like banging on the top of the chair with my club, just saying, uh, go on, get, 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 get. All right, Nephis holds his uh, attack then, uh, but he does kind of shoot in the general direction just to scare the goblin as the goblin continues on down the path. Uh, would you like to loot kind of what's in the um, area there? Uh, yeah, take a look around. But before that, can I go over and see if these other goblins are dead yet? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, so, okay, uh, yeah, you'd be able to tell pretty easily. Uh, so, let's see, one of them was killed by Nephis by poison damage, so one is definitely dead, but I think the other two were just knocked unconscious. One with your club and one with your sling. Do they have little tents around? Yes, they would have lots of little makeshift hut tent type things. Alright, I'll, I'll attempt to pull their bodies over into the tents. <laughs> And tuck them into bed, if possible. <laughs> <laughs> yes, between you and Nephis, who is shaking his head the whole time, you are able to tuck them in very cozily uh, into their beds. <laughs> uh, then I'll take a look around in the uh, camp. All right, uh, that number that I had you roll earlier was uh, actually for a magic item that you would find along the way. Uh, you rolled um, a 78. Uh, so you find in the goblin boss's uh, possession a silver-looking raven. Uh, after some inspecting and whatnot, you are able to eventually identify it as a silver raven, a figurine of wondrous power. So the silver raven is an uncommon magic item, and it can become a raven for up to 12 hours. Once it has been used, it can't be used again for two days, uh, or until two days have passed, but while in this form... The figurine allows you to cast Animal Messenger spell on it as wi- at will. So you gain that magic item as you are continuing through. Awesome. Can I, as I sit back on Ladybug, 
Can I animate it? Yes, uh, very easily. You animate it, um, and it, of course, comes to life as a very... Uh, it still retains its silvery color, but it is less metallic and more kind of a, a white-gray type color, but it's still a very gorgeous-looking raid. Cool. I just let it... I mean, it's probably half my size, so I just kind of let it sit down next to me. Okay. Very awesome. All right. After you um, kind of do that, uh, you guys catch your breath. I'm assuming take a short rest. Uh, Nephis would definitely be breathing heavy after this. I, I'll give him my potion of greater healing. Okay. And actually, he has two of them that he can use himself because he had 160 gold worth of equipment. So go ahead and hold on to that. Okay. All right. He gets up to... Let me roll some dice here. And... Alright, he is back up to like two points off, so that's good enough. Um, and you guys are almost to the Lost Settlements. Uh, would you continue in, just kind of nonchalantly walk in like nothing happened? Would you kind of come in grandly upon your mounts, you know, riding like your nobles? Uh, or would you just kind of uh, sneak in and not really want to be seen? Uh, just nonchalantly, definitely. All right. Uh, you, as you go into the Lost Settlements, you can tell that this area is definitely down uh, on its luck. Um, the Lost Settlements are where people go that basically want to get lost. That's why they call them that. Not because they're in the middle of this ever-changing maze, but because those that come here don't want to be found. And this is one of the best places to hide. Uh, it is basically a lawless town, a lawless collection of um, homes and buildings and businesses, but it is lawless in the fact that there is no centralized form of authority, but everybody takes care of themselves uh, and their neighbors around them. As you get into here, would you be trying to pedal off the last of your wares kind of a thing, or what all would you be looking for here? Uh, definitely. I'd be sort of looking around saying like a uh... Not, not being too loud and boisterous, but if anyone comes close by, I'd say, uh, you, you need to buy anything? Looking, looking to trade? All right. Um, Nephis goes ahead and uh, he says, while you're selling your goods, I'll go ahead and find us a place to stay for a couple of days, uh, and then we can figure out the rest of our plan here. I have to meet with some patients and uh, gather some herbs that are kind of hard to find that only grow within the maze. So I will leave you to your business here. And he kind of gives you directions real quick to wherever that inn that he's staying at is. I so, say okay, uh, stay safe. So you pedal your wares and go ahead and roll me two d ten. Uh, a six and a nine. All right, uh, you are able to get for almost all of your goods because they are used and everything else. You are able to get fifteen gold pieces uh, worth of uh, money from some of the smaller goods that you have. If you have anything of significance and importance, um, you can sell that off, and I will let you uh, roll a d12 for that instead. Uh, I don't have anything too significant. More just, you know, wooden placemats, cutlery, just odds and ends from a home. Okay, then uh, with lots and lots of transactions, as the Lost Settlements don't get a ton of traders because it's so difficult to get to, um, all those little household-type items you are able to sell, like I said, for the 15 gold pieces. And you are basically left with your steeder and, uh, the, of course, the equipment that you want to keep with you. Awesome. So go ahead and roll me a d4 to see how many days this takes. 
Four. Four. On the third day, um, you bunk for the night, and you hear a commotion in the common room uh, on the night of the fourth of uh, the uh, third day, going into the morning of the fourth day. You hear a commotion in the common room um, underneath where your room is. And, of course, your steeder is um, in a stables kind of a thing out back. Uh, would you rush down to see what's going on, or would you kind of wait in your room to listen? I'd probably put my ear to the ground to attempt to hear through the floor. Uh, you hear through the floor, and there appears to, or there seems to be some sort of scuffle. Um, something is definitely taking place downstairs, and it is of the violent nature. And you hear a very familiar voice, uh, that of your ally Nephis. Um, and he's saying, you don't want to go up there. You don't have any idea what's going on here. Well, the rumors that you heard were complete lies. He, he's not even here. I, went, I came by myself. And he's trying to explain something to a person you can't really under, that you can't hear. Uh-oh. <laughs> is there a window? There is not. No. Uh, I will open my door and look out into the hallway. Uh, what do I see? You look out into the hallway and you see um, there's like six other rooms, um, three on the side that you're on, three on the opposite side, and a stairway at the end going down. And as you open the door, the voices get easier to understand and you hear a very gruff, almost reptilian voice saying, We know that he's here. We've seen his mount. It is in the tables. You will tell us where he is before we tear this place down and you with it. Uh, hearing that, I'll be like, oh. And I will uh, begin trotting my way downstairs. Alright, you're going to do so stealthily or uh, just kind of resign to your fate, march down? Uh, definitely resigned to my fate, just like all right. rolling my eyes in the back of my head like, this is it for me. <laughs> okay. Resigned to your fate, you walk down the stairs. You see standing there is Skyrim terms, basically an Argonian, a lizard folk type man uh, standing there, and he is wearing a very, very dark cloak. Uh, you see pinned to his chest there is a symbol of a dagger and it's got a green drop off of the end of it. And you would recognize this as he is a member of the Shadows Guild and an assassin at that. Oh. You just continue to march forward to answer. You see um, Nephis kind of shoot a look your way, his eyes going wide, but he is, doesn't say anything. Uh, I will say, uh, any business you have with me does not concern my friend. <laughs> He looks at you a little bit dubiously as you are a renowned prankster, and he thinks you've got something probably up your sleeve, some sort of trick. And he addresses you saying, I'm sure you've heard the rumors. It was only a matter of time before we found you. I would very much like to know what exactly it is I've done. You know what you've done. You stole from the Shadows Guild. Those contracts, those clients, they were ours. I mean, I honestly have no idea what you're saying. Uh, he goes ahead and he's a little bit unsure. Uh, roll me a persuasion check. Oh. Oh, actually, I have a proficiency in this. A plus two. Oh, a 21. Oh, damn. Uh, he rolled a 14, but that is much higher. Um, he is convinced, but not necessarily forgiving. He says, The boss is willing to make you a deal. If you relinquish 
your contract with these clients that you claim not to have anything to do with and leave the shadow cleft completely, you will be forgiven of your crimes against us. Deal. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem at all. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He says, then you have two days to leave. If I find you after that, you will be strung up as an example of those who steal business from the guilds. All right, just calm down. Oh. How long exactly have you been tracking us down here? I have been shocking you for the last four days. Since you started packing up your belongings, I'd hope to find a warehouse where you are clearly keeping all of the goods as they were not strapped to the strider which you arrived on. Oh, yes, yes. No, we got rid of those ages ago. Don't worry about that. Um, that that's an awfully long time spent traveling. Perhaps you would like a drink. <laughs> By the way, you have no idea what he's talking about. You don't have a warehouse or anything like that. There are clearly some major miscommunication going on. But uh, he does agree to take a drink uh, before departing, as he's never one to turn down a free drink. Okay. I'll, uh, I won't do any pranks to his drink as to incur the wrath of his assassin. <laughs> Damn, I was holding my breath waiting to hear what you were going to do. I'm like, oh god, this is going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> The old bear trap on the bar stool. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, the whoopee cushion full of the stinking cloud spell. Uh, yeah. So you just buy him a normal drink and then he goes on his way then I'm assuming, correct? Yes, yes. Alright. Uh, after some time uh, recuperating and Neff is trying to convince you to stay and to you know, we can we can make sure to find a nice uh, hidey hole for you. You won't ever be bothered, you know, so on and so forth. After trying in vain to convince you to stay, he wishes you the best of luck and says that he came here uh, in order to treat a fisherman's son. It was part of the reason why he came here. And as such, uh, the fisherman has agreed to, uh, or would be agreeable to take you to Port City should you need. He would set you up with some contacts and uh, get you there away from the shadowed cleft and would leave first thing in the morning. That, that is incredibly kind of you, my friend Nephis. I appreciate your company on this journey. You've been uh, very helpful, although I question your motives. You are a nice fellow regardless. <laughs> he laughs a little bit at that notion. And as a parting gift, roll me a d6 and let me know what the number is. Two. Two. Let's see. One, two. So you would get... He would chuckle a little bit about the whole motives comment, and he would hand you, roll me a d10. Ten. He would hand you a bag of ten small fist-sized bombs. Oh. These, yeah. bo these bombs that he gives you, they have a range of 30 feet thrown, and when they explode, you make an attack roll to hit the target. If you hit the target's AC, they explode on the target and everything within a five-foot radius. The creature has to make a deck save or takes 1d4 fire damage. Oh. So those are now in your possession. He wishes you well, and with a tear in his eye, his badass eye, because he's, you know, totally dungeon-born, <laughs> surgeon-assassin guy, but with a badass single tear running down his cheek, he watches you depart. After a, what seems like a month at sea, 
uh, probably closer to just a couple of weeks, but um, what seems like forever, uh, you eventually arrive in Port City. Uh, you would obviously have made contacts with the Merchants Guild, uh, left note for them, um, saying that you would be arriving, and uh, after departing the docks, you would very easily find your way to the Merchants Guild, where you are able to take up residence before starting your life in Port City. Your steeder would be able to come with you, however, it would receive some very, very dubious looks from the people not used to these kind of creatures. But Ladybug would accompany you on this journey. I'd just say uh, to Ladybug, I'd be like patting her on the top of the head and be like, don't listen to what they're saying about you, dear. Don't listen. <laughs> it, it chitters its very large front pincers together in a reassuring manner. <laughs> All right. And this is where we will go ahead and end for this session. Uh, thank you very, very much, Braid. This was a ton of fun, and I cannot wait for the actual game to happen. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how... Uh, everyone's abilities sort of join together and how I can better uh, put bear traps on butts in games to come. Exactly. I love the whole idea of like you don't want to kill anybody, but you're definitely going to humiliate them to the point where they wish they were dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. See you later, everybody. Thank you for listening to this introduction of The Chaos Plan. Hopefully, we will be very soon starting to record the full games, and once we do, they will be available for listening up on our Patreon account. We hope you really enjoyed it. Uh, I know this is a ton of fun for us here, and we are open to bringing in absolutely anybody that wants to. Just join our Patreon account, and we promise that you will be a part of the Chaos Plan game. You will get an intro mission like this, and then at least one group mission, and when scheduling works out with everybody, we can get multiple groups going as this isn't going to be one continual storyline. This is going to be a series of one-shots that all meld together into an overarching idea and campaign. So if this is something that interests you, if there's a homebrew you really want to play, if there's a class, a race, something that really resonates with you, with you that you think would be a lot of fun to bring here, we encourage you to join the Patreon, put it up, and we will make it happen. Uh, you will also get a custom magic item that will grow with you throughout the campaign, and you can help use that item to shape the adventure in what you do. So if this is something that you feel interests you, please, please, please join our Patreon account, and we would be more than happy to get you on the show here. To do that, go to patreon.com slash adventuringguild, and I hope to see you there. 